said we found love what are we gonna do with it? favorite song all right now ever. the podcast can start since we're talking <laughs> about love languages just kidding <laughs> i thought you were gonna start with hello gentlemen like you have the last I couple like, weeks i like saying that at least it's better than starting with okay let's talk about the clap you don't want we, the clap <laughs> we haven't talked about the clap in a while you don't talk about the clap. <laughs> Most people don't even know what we're even talking about. I guess nope. I guess we did it in per in person as a joke, so they probably know. If you go Are listen we... to episode nine, you can figure it out. Right. Yeah, go yeah. back. How are you guys doing? We're almost to Christmas. You got to be a little bit happy, right? Yeah, I think this episode will post on Christmas. Sweet. So Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to us in end. the future. <laughs> You guys have any fun plans for Christmas this year? Um, Is Christmas canceled because of the thing? It, what I mean, we're not going to do anything different thing. than we did yeah. for Thanksgiving. Probably just chill out, Max, relax, all cool, and playing some PlayStation, not by the pool. <laughs> <laughs> if we didn't say something to finish that phrase, my head was going to explode. So I'm glad. <laughs> glad I we wish went we. There. I wish we had a pool. I always wished growing up that we were that family that had the pool, you know? And then you remembered that you lived in Imperial, Nebraska. (laughs) Yeah, but Uh, there's some people around here, they got it in like a climate-controlled room. True. Very true. Indoor pool. Mm -hmm. That's like a... You guys could have been like the above-ground pool people. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, for a while growing up, we had like this makeshift one, and... uh, it was barely big enough to fit like an inner tube inside of it. So <laughs> we'd pretend we were whitewater rafting and we had like these little oars and uh, for like a, a raft. And we thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then, you know, you're pulling out photos one day and you're looking back on all the stuff you did as a kid. And you're like, what's that tiny? Th- Wait, was that our pool? Why was it so big when we were like seven <laughs> years old? <laughs> Turns out it was just like a... One of those uh, float, those tanks that people float down the river in. Yes. <laughs> okay. For those of you that don't have a clear picture of what our childhood was like in Imperial, Nebraska, um, our pool outside of our house was an irrigation tank that's probably like 20 foot in diameter, mm-hmm. um, cut in half so it was low enough so that we could get in on a stepladder filled with hose water <laughs> and that sat out in our yard for years in the same killed box. the grass yeah yeah the grass was that had a little pump uh we had cut a hole with a saw in the side for a, like a water pump that would we should oh. probably state that Fancy. this was an unused uh irrigation tank so it's it's basically like the equivalent of filling the back of your truck with hot water Redneck. redneck hot tub. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty redneck. The town is like 1,800 people. So growing up, we kind of had to do things to make our own fun. And that was one summer right there that my par- that our parents could just easily, you know, have us leave the house all day and go do something. Man, yeah. we had a good time in that little pool, though. That was very strange. It was. But we didn't know any different. <laughs> that's, why we, that's why we're mutated. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you guys are the way you are. We got some of that uh, irrigation scum. Yeah, corn, <laughs> corn, corn crop. Jake, did you have corn, anything like that? Corn like, juice. Do you have a memory or a thing from your childhood that, looking back Jake, on it, you're like, why? Why did I? Jake do that? wasn't a redneck. Not as much as <sighs> us, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can't really think of anything. Using the sports. Yeah, I had friends and stuff, you know, so. <laughs> I had a life, so, you know. No, I mean, we, uh, my sister and I, when we moved to Nebraska, when we were really young, I, I was going into like second grade, I think, and she was going into fifth fifth grade or sixth grade. Uh, I don't remember. From Colorado. We were really young. Yeah, we moved from Colorado and... Like that whole summer before school started, we, you know, didn't know anyone, obviously. We just knew each other. 
So we used to make like these really, really embarrassing home videos. Like we, <laughs> we were both really into the Amanda show. Oh, we so watched we that. Kept, we, we tried to do our own version of like all those little skits that they did on the Amanda show. <laughs> and some of them yes. are actually like genuinely funny, but my mom just went through and digitized all of our home videos. So they're all on the internet now and she can wow. just pull them up on her phone. That's cool. So last time I was there, we I had to sit through all these videos that my sister and I used to make, and it was they were super cringy, but they were really fun at the time. And I, I remember thinking that we were like super hilarious, but in reality, it's just like so uncomfortable that that's right. why it was funny. That's why our our mom and grandma and dad were laughing when they would watch it. So. <laughs> yeah, we that's did weird. not have an we did not have a tub in the in the backyard. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. 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 I think about that sometimes, like our childhood compared to other people in the US. You know, it's really based on your your location and your resources. You know, there wasn't a lot of people building pools in our in our town of eighteen hundred when we were kids, you know. So Right. That was kind of the that was kind of the way to do it. And well, did you guys even have like a city pool that you could go to? There um, was for a while, didn't they? Caved it in and built this, uh, this like skate park. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think a lot of people in Imperial, Nebraska, <laughs> necessarily. Uh, wow, skateboard. But you know what? We've been gone for a while, so hey, my dog down. loves running around on that skate park. She'll there like slide down the. Does an ollie. She has a good time. Yeah. Your dog skateboards. Yeah. She's a baller. One of those dogs. Yeah. Yes. She, that's her personality. She's kind of a skateboarder. Does she, yeah. does she have goofy stance or uh, what is? Yeah. She, she's a lefty for yeah, sure. Right. Anytime you ask her to shake, left paw. Left paw. Wonder if she, wonder if she learns that from you. Probably. I she messed her up. Watches you shake hands with people all the time. <laughs> yeah, with my left hand. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm left-handed. <laughs> you should start doing that. I should. Start doing that at shows. <laughs> I'm going to. People go to shake your hand and you, you just like jab fingers uh, with them. Oh, sorry. If you couldn't tell by my guitar, I'm left-handed. <laughs> Man, that's the weird thing is, uh, you know, kind of with, this day of the world right now when you see people like today um i saw one of my my friends from high school and my first reaction was to like go in for the handshake and he kind of looked at me like no what are you doing we're not yeah. doing that anymore right now and uh i think uh what's his name what's the what's the doctor's name the little guy L- little doctor's name yeah, I can't remember. He he's like he's like the yeah health expert to the the White House. Um, oh yeah. Oh man, I'm that guy. I'm in pain. But he said the the handshake should never come back. Are you talking about Fauci? Fauci. Oh, I thought Doctor Fauci. I didn't know what you were trying to say. I, yep. I was about to Google <laughs> little doctor, and I decided to try not to do that. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do that when you're at work, kids. Don't Google that. Um. Yeah, so, you know, speaking of work, um, well, a lot of people don't know that just kind of, it was basically right after we found out that we weren't going to be going on that tour, I took a job at uh, actually a place I used to work at in high school in my hometown, um, doing the same job, detailing uh, farm equipment, which is something I don't wish upon my worst enemy. But uh, one of the really interesting things that I think about all the time is um, working with these guys that I work with. Um, there's a lot of different personalities in there. Um, and it's like a wide range of ages and um, demographics. It's really interesting, um, especially in a small town, I think when people work at at their jobs, especially in, you know, we're all doing service work. Um, everybody kind of keeps to themselves until break time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, nobody really talks. And then after work, um, everybody has beers 
or whatever together and hangs out. But um, I'm always kind of thinking about, especially me coming in from doing what I do. Most, I mean, I, it's weird because I would call music my day job even during this because I feel like that's what my whole focus is on and my free time is all spent writing or mm-hmm. recording. But um, I'm always thinking about me coming in from where I've been and what I do and working with these guys and how we kind of blend together, even though we have been doing way different things. You know, mm-hmm. I've got I've got some coworkers that are super goofy and fun, and then I've got coworkers that are really serious and just get it done all day and don't really joke around. Um, but it's really interesting to me to try to um, understand them so mm-hmm. that as we're working together, it just goes well, mm-hmm. you know, because we're, we're, you know, as, and Jake, you probably know this even better than us because the the cool part about doing music for a living is it almost feels like um, a lot of the time it really feels like hanging out because mm-hmm. it's so fun and so, so much passion that it's, just kind of like an exciting time and it's completely socially acceptable like during a band rehearsal to have a whiskey or you know just right you know whereas these other work environments it's um i mean i guess i'm asking work for you jake during the day your day job isn't like mad men is it like where you get to sit and have a whiskey (laughs) (laughs) no though no one would know because i work from home (laughs) right right now yeah but yeah, no, we're not one of these companies that has bar a bar at the at the office. Some do. Like I have friends who have a very similar job as I do and they but they do more um client-based stuff, so they have clients actually come into their offices and they have to pitch um projects and bid on projects and things. So it's kind of part of the culture to be able to like have a drink with your clients or whatever while you're in there, but mm-hmm. Because I work in consumer products, we don't have clients. We just have people that buy our products off Amazon or whatever, you know. So, yep. um, no bar. Maybe Google yeah. or Apple or someone has a bar, but we don't. Well, do you find, you know, I don't know how many people you work with closely on a daily basis, but do you find you find yourself trying to assess their personality? Like if you could put them in one of those personality tests? Um, I don't spend too much time thinking about like which, which number on whatever preferred personality type they are. Um, I know some people are really into like classifying people and that helps them understand other people or whatever. Um, so I don't really do that, but, uh, there's definitely a lot of value in, um, just figuring out, what works for some people and what works, what doesn't work. You know, um, I had a, I had a conversation with my manager about this actually about basically just being able to read, um, the person that you're working with. Like Mm. some people are really interested in having, you know, casual conversation and talking about life outside of work. Um, and they're really open and, and offer up that kind of information pretty readily. And then there's other people that are, that, that is a a distraction and inconvenience to them because all they care about is getting the job done when they're there. Yeah. And trying to um, mismatch those pieces into those holes, like a, you know, a square peg in a round hole can really derail the entire conversation. Like if you go into the office of someone who is very straightforward and focused and you lead into every conversation with asking them about their personal life or whatever they see right through it. And I'm, I'm generally one of these people. Like if someone comes into my office and is out of just kind of out of character being asking me a lot of personal questions and then they kind of lead into, so uh, now that we've covered all that, let's talk about work now. And I'm like, just what do you, what are you here for? Just tell me what you want. Yeah. Let's get this over with. So yep. um, I can kind of go both ways, but, I've been recently trying to do a better job of like figuring out other people's just like work styles so that I can better like get them on board um, with ideas that I have or whatever. It's like this whole, I used to spend a lot of time studying um, 
just kind of like the powers of influence and how to not from like a manipulation standpoint, but just the best way to get your ideas across and get people to buy in. Um, if you're asking them to do work for you essentially and understanding the way that they tick and um, kind of what, what gets them emotionally bought into things is a, is a really important factor in all that. I like what you said about the style of the person. Cause I, I feel like that kind of makes it a little bit more human, you know, rather mm-hmm. than a personality test. Like you said, you're trying to figure out people's work styles and, right. um, you know, I don't think people are rigid. I don't think they necessarily work a certain way. And sometimes mm-hmm. we adapt, which I think is sometimes my problem with personality tests is, um, you know, I don't like feeling like someone or some computer-generated test has a full understanding of my psyche, you know? Right. And I know that I'm able to adapt in certain situations, and I'm sure some tests account for that. But, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I remember in high school I had an interpersonal skills class is what it was called, and mm. um, we took, like, the personality tests and just right. a lot of the class was spent discussing how we would work together on certain projects and it was really interesting to me to see my friends from high school and and you know you think at that age that you're all just kind of dumb and that you don't have there's not much emotional intelligence when you're in high school exactly and you definitely probably you definitely aren't set in your ways so it's interesting that even then there was these things that stood out you know and and yeah. I think one of the things I noticed even then was um, the people that I was most friends with during that during high school are our tests almost complemented each other in a way, like right. um, you know, like a Superman Batman type thing. Like they disagree in a lot of ways, but they they make up for what the other person lacks. And right. But then there was also still that kind of common interest um, that kind of brought them together. And uh, that's why I, I thought it was really interesting because um, for those of you that are listening, we all took a a, a test. Um, and we just went to uh, horoscope.com and took Yeah, we typed in our birthday and it told us everything we need to know. <laughs> Social security number, so it could just get real specific. Credit card. It, but, yeah. but, but it didn't charge us, right? It's kind of weird. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we took this test and it was so crazy to see the difference. And I mean, it didn't really surprise me, honestly, because I know how different we are. But it was almost like in each column, we were making up for what that other person lacked in or, you know, vice versa. I think that's what makes a good team. If you're all the same, um, I feel like you, you can kind of run into some trouble, you know, mm. butting heads. and. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lapses if you're all really good at the same thing, but all right. suck at the same thing too. Well, that's one of the things, Jake, I was wondering about for you at work, um, you know, especially being an engineer and then, you know, from the outside perspective, I would assume that most people that are engineers are of a similar mind type. Oh yeah, and most of them are. So I'm wondering, you know, as you guys are working together on a specific product or project, how are you, how are you able to work together? Um, well, I think my saving grace is that I am very much not like most engineers, like personality-wise. There are, there are some obvious consistencies with my personality and that of the stereotypical engineer, but at the end of the day, I'm... I'm a lot more, I don't want to say flexible, but adaptive, I guess. Like I'm I'm just a lot, I'm just really different. Um, So I think that helps me personally in general, like, um, so the way that our projects are structured, there's usually only one mechanical engineer, one electrical engineer or whatever, like per each discipline to each product. So it's not like I'm really having to on a, real regular basis be working super closely right next to another person. Like if I had to work with another mechanical engineer on the project and we were sharing parts or whatever, um, which I am doing a little bit of right now, 
it can be kind of tricky because the personality overlap is really, really similar. And that's when you have to kind of in, in crunch time, figure out who's good at what and be flexible in that way. But in terms of like cross discipline work, um, it, it doesn't really pose any sort of issue. Um, I kind of, I, I personally run into some issues like because I'm so independent as a worker and I, I kind of don't just, find any value in like letting people know what I'm working on unless they ask. Like, I don't think it's my job or my responsibility to be reminding people that I'm working like they should know, like based on my, my productivity. Um, and the flip side of that is I, I don't do a good job of following up with like other team members about, uh, what they're doing because I never want to come off as if I'm like, insinuating that they're not doing enough or that I'm trying to micromanage them or, or anything in any way. So. Right. Do you my, guys talk, talk about that? You know, like if, have you ever had a conversation with the other people about, um, I've had these conversations with like my manager, but mm-hmm. not directly to the other, other person. Like I, I've had some like brief conversations just saying, Hey, I'm trying to do a better job of making sure I'm in the loop. Can you let me know like how, these things are going or whatever, but I don't sit down and have like tell them here's my personality type. And I think it would behoove us to all act this similar way. Like I have a pretty, I have a pretty (laughs) fundamental problem with, um, people that get super invested in personality typing. Um, Mm -hmm. like incidentally, I actually in college, I, TA'd for an interpersonal skills class. So I actually like taught, I had my own class that I taught students in about emotional intelligence and communication skills, which wow. the, the running joke is like, um, most people that I, that I tell that are surprised because, because they don't think I'm a great communicator for whatever reason, <laughs> just because I don't sugarcoat things. Um, but we, I mean, we had to take the Myers Briggs or whatever and, so many people put so much stock into what their four letters are. And then they use that as like, well, I'm a ENTJ or whatever. Yes. So it's just natural that I work this way or the really yes. popular one right now is the Enneagram and people will mm-hmm. say, Oh, well I'm a, I'm a two. So um, you can't say these things around me because they'll offend me because right. of this reason. Or right. mm-hmm. the other thing that I don't like about them is people use them as an excuse to tell other people how they should react or how they should think or feel about things. Yes. Like, um, and my sister listens to this show and she's, she's going to know that I'm calling her out. So I'm just going to do it anyway. Like my sister is super into the Enneagram and I don't think it's a bad thing inherently. And the way that she like uses it to understand other people and, um, navigate social situations is not a bad thing, but I've had other people who are equally into it, but for the wrong reasons who use it as like, I'll, I will do something or say something and they'll say, yeah, it makes sense that you would do that. Right. I'll be like, wait, what? And they're like, well, you're a five, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I am. But don't freaking tell me that Mm -hmm. you have me all figured out because some days I'm a four and I used to be a one. Like, depending on when you take the test, like I don't, (laughs) I don't like that people pretend that you're locked in to a certain mindset for the rest of your life. Um, yeah, it's not up to that other person to like cater to your personality test. Right. I think we can kind of use it as an excuse. Like, you know, if you get your feelings hurt, you can be like, well, I'm a four. Right. You, be nice to me. You shouldn't do these things because I'm a four. Right. You know? It's more about the people that you work with. If they understand that about you, um, it makes it easier for them to work with you, I think, in some ways, right? Well, and I think really the the design of all of them is in good spirit of you understanding yourself. Right. So that you know, like, I'm reacting this way because of these thought patterns that I have. So I need yes. to work on these shortcomings or whatever. But because the world is the way it is and people are um, more concerned about telling other people what to do than fixing their own problems, they will <laughs> use it as like a... Like I had friends that would post on their Instagram story and it was like this very passive aggressive. Um, so your six is upset and this person is a six and it's like, here's all these things to do to make sure that like your six is taken care of or whatever, Aww. like if it's your significant other. 
and is like super passive aggressive toward the person <laughs> that I knew they were dating. Just like, here's all these things that you're not doing right. I'm going to post it to my Instagram so everybody yeah. knows. It's like, dude, why don't you just have a conversation about the things that are upsetting you? You know? Yes. Like, and I think it, there's there's a ton of value in personal, emotional intelligence and self-awareness and all these things, but um, it's all lost on me as soon as you tar- start telling other people, like, you're acting this way because you're a whatever, yeah. or you're an introvert, so... Like this makes sense that you're super awkward, which is things that people have told me and it drives me nuts. So there's so many things that play a role, like your upbringing or just, you know, where you grew up demographically, geographically, where, you know, there's all these things that play a role. So it's hard to just define, you know, by, by a number. So I definitely get that. Well, Nick, you and I have always, um, we've taken a few tests throughout our, our years that we've been working together in. Um, it's kind of weird because I don't feel like we've ever really talked about the results. We've kind of just sent each other the results and then, um, neither one of us reads them and then we just, well, (laughs) but I did to be honest. And so like, you know, I know you did too. You, you internalize kind of how that person works. And so I guess, for example, if I come to you with something in the morning, which is not usually the case, you usually have to come to me with something that we need to get done. But if and, I come to you, find morning because that's another part of the. <laughs> yeah, just we you have up. this. We have this thing we call musicians' morning, and it's basically eleven o'clock and on. You know, but it's technically that's, still a.m. So right, true. See, you've got your coffee by then, and you can, if you need to, you could sit down and get on your laptop if you have to. But um, one of the things I think that has helped us taking those tests is. Um, we understand something about each other, but we've never really had to discuss it. And that's why I asked you, Jake, I was interested to see and if, if like even in a more professional setting, not saying that the Talbot Brothers isn't professional, but... Um, Traditionally yeah, professional. You're Corporate. allowed to drink on the job. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if um, it was different for you because we, I think Nick and I, we've, we've taken that into account when we communicate with each other and try to work with each other. Mm-hmm. And we'll um, be a little more sensitive to each other because of that. But it's like you said, Jake, you know, I I really don't like when people use it as their shield right. when, when something is frustrating for them in, a, in the workplace. And uh, I, I think, I think what's, you said also about those tests are really so that you can understand yourself in a way. And so if you know that you have a problem with big picture ideas, Mm -hmm. which would, would be me I'm talking about, that doesn't mean that I can just say, no, no, I don't, I don't do that stuff. I just do the day to day. I just do the checklist. You know, it means that I need to be able to, I need to work on that so that I can sit down for those big picture conversations and, and partake in that. And yeah. I always hope that when people get those tests and they, the results and they feel really understood that they don't just, uh, use it as like a, a guard so that everybody else around them should understand that they're a four or whatever. I, right. I will say though, um, uh, your sister is actually the one that sent me that Enneagram. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Enneagram. And I read through it. Um, her and I are the same number actually, but I read through it and I was like, I, I felt very understood, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, I think a person could take those results and go, okay, this is me. I need to send this to everybody I know so that they get me. Right. Or you can take those results and say, wow, am I, am I really like, I am like that. Right. I need to, well, yeah, then you're I, just kind of expecting the other pr- people around you to change yes. and cater yeah. to your personality when in yes. all reality, like you said, I think it's good to read those things and then challenge yourself to focus on your weaknesses a little bit and kind yes. of, you know, clean up a little bit of the things that you lack mm-hmm. in. Yeah, like Michael Scott said on The Office, uh, he was like, my weaknesses are that I care too much. I work too hard and <laughs> yeah. one other thing. Oh, my weaknesses are actually my strengths also. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time. 
Yeah, yeah it's really I th- interesting. I think the uh, the Enneagram is probably the best one that I've taken. Um, I know I know of a fair amount of companies that like require you to take the the Myers Briggs or there's another really popular one. Uh, it spits out like five essential traits. What is it? Anyway, people people <laughs> who know will know, but it doesn't really matter. Um, but I've heard I've heard of these companies. They like make you tape that up under your name plaque on your door, so like people oh, can wow. review it before they go in. Be like, okay, this person has these key traits, or this person is this. So I have to cater myself to that. And like I said, I think there's value to knowing knowing how other people operate so that you can kind of cater to um, their strengths and recognize their weaknesses and know how they will respond to certain things. But if you're like completely changing the way that you do everything because you're tiptoeing around people's like trigger points um, based on their um, personality test, I like, I think it's counterproductive, you know? And I think, I think, Really, I, I treat that kind of thing the way that I treat most like politics and religion and all these things where it doesn't really matter to anyone else what my personality type is or what my um, Enneagram type is or whatever, because that's for me to understand more about myself so I can lean into my strengths and, um, you know, work on my own weaknesses. But yeah, I don't know the whole like corporate the way that the corporate world plays into personality typing, I think is kind of hilarious because I've never really seen it be that valuable. My company right. doesn't do it. So, and it's the only real company that I've worked for. So maybe it does do a lot for other folks, but um, I think generally like engineers don't really pay too much attention to all that. Maybe that's just our personality type or whatever, but I like friends that I have that are in sales or marketing or whatever, um, they talk a lot more about how their company pushes this kind of thing than than ours does. Do you guys feel like you actively work on stuff after you get a test back? You know, I mean, and brother, I know we've taken a few for sure. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, like you said, you read through them and you kind of look at the things that you need to work on or that you might have not recognized in yourself. Or the things that kind of freak you out once you read it. And you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's way too accurate. Yeah, uh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's really helpful, I think, for for internal reasons. Um, but, you know, I feel like with us, I don't know, it was just interesting reading both of your guys' results and then, like, reading through mine. Um, I just thought it was interesting to see the different dynamics, but it's really crazy how you can have such a good connection with somebody, but be completely different or mm-hmm. have some of the same traits and you, you don't really have to say a lot to that person. Cause there's kind of that general understanding, you know, if they're kind of on the same wavelength. Um, but what's really weird, especially with, with you, Ty is just that being brothers, I think there's a lot of things there that play a role, not just in personality, but, when you spend a lot of time together or when the three of us are on the road um, or we're out with the band, you know, by the the middle of the tour, everybody's pretty much got a pretty good understanding of how everybody operates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all right, you know, don't talk to Nick before noon because, <laughs> you know, he's going to be however. And then it's just a thing that you just learn, I think, as you go. So I'm, I'm interested in that side of it, how, the more time you spend with somebody or a group of people or your team, um, how much that plays a role in like the understanding of it too. Cause, uh, in the, in the setting of a band, it is different than a normal corporate job where, you know, everybody kind of comes in getting hired for a a specific position. Um, and then out on the road, you know, all of us have our, our job, our thing that we do, but there's also a lot of little things, you know, you're traveling together, you're eating together, you're doing all these things. And at corporate, in the corporate world, you kind of clock out and you go home. And so I just, 
I feel like all those things kind of bundled into it. They're just so interesting to to look at. But that's all probably more valuable than like making all your bandmates take a personality test. <laughs> right. Should we like start doing whenever that? whenever I read whatever the first off, whenever I'm taking a personality test, I feel like I'm just randomly picking answers because they all seem so cryptic to me. Yeah. And like half the time is I, I don't really know what any of the words mean. So I'm just yeah. like, uh, I guess, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Or if it's or like the, on a scale of one to five, you put just three every time. Like, yeah. I'm mad and then I'm taking this test. Right. Five. Like I'm always annoyed by them. And then I get my, I get my result and then I'm like, well, I didn't even know what half these questions were asking. So is this really right. accurate? And then I read it yeah. and I don't know, like. I don't understand what any of those words mean. So most of the time I just feel like I can't put any stock into it. And like we talked about this last week or two weeks ago about like how we take in information. Like I need a personality test that is specifically done through YouTube videos, like a choose your Mm -hmm. own path YouTube video series. Mm -hmm. Because when I have to read these questions, like I can't, I, I don't understand things when I read them. They're just words on a page to me. I kind of mm-hmm. want questions like, do you like donuts? Right. You know, like, and then, and then pen me in that way rather than if you were faced with a gunman at a bank and you right. had exactly 10 seconds to take him down before he, you know, and you're like, I don't even have time for this anyway. So right. I'm just going to, yeah, I, I would shoot the guy. What, yeah. Oh, I don't have a gun. Okay. I would tackle him. Uh, you know, right. just kind of, I don't know. I always, I have a hard time with them too because I feel like they're kind of tedious in a way. And uh, I, I'm i also the kind of person that's always overanalyzing myself anyways. So right. when I get asked a question on the computer, I'm like, that's a stupid question. <laughs> I, would, I would never ask myself that, you know. Right. Like just ask what I think about uh, uh, certain things or, you know, I... I I think you could learn a lot about a person if you asked them like, hey, what time of day do you think it's acceptable to drink? You know, like yeah. then put that in. And I already know if you say 1201, I want to hang out with you. You know, that's like a personality a type I can get along with. <laughs> Maybe we should make a similar vein personality quiz. <laughs> it should all be scenarios, <laughs> you know, like if the train was traveling at 65 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. If Johnny had 50 apples and he gave away 20. Yeah. How pissed would uh, you be at Johnny? <laughs> yeah. Johnny, why are you I, giving away all these apples? <laughs> I don't want I your really, apples, Johnny. <laughs> I um, I think there's a lot of value to like understanding yourself and, um, and then instead of having people cater to your personality, you know that when someone says something, I am going to get frustrated with that or mad about that. And then it's up to me to, you know, I can't expect one of the guys that I work with right now to give a damn about my personality and what I like and don't like, you know, and then the workplace too, everybody's so worn out and Mm. just trying to make a dollar and clock out that it's asking a lot of people to, try to understand each other's personalities and I think Nick and I talk about it on the road a lot because we have a lot of time where we're just sitting and thinking about the people that we work with and um, you know you Jake are included in that and it's not a bad thing at all it's literally not talking about your character it's talking about like the way that you work and Mm. what helps you feel like you're getting what you need and um you know we'll sometimes talk about oh we did this and it almost seemed to rub him the wrong way you know and so let's try to let's try to fix that and not do that so that he feels more comfortable because really I think at the end of the day with Talbot Brothers Nick and I always feel like we're asking a lot of people in Mm. a way you know we're asking you guys to basically leave home and sacrifice time we hope that you enjoy it and that you get a a return from it but um i think in the beginning when we first started in working with with guys in the band and stuff we 
always demanded and expected a lot out of them because it was our baby, right? Yeah. So we're like, you should care about it as much as we do. Well, nah, man, I'm just here to play bass and get a paycheck, man. I got <laughs> bills and <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got cultivating the atmosphere i think was tough for us in the beginning because we were we were just trying to figure out what it even looked like to do a job that to us was seemingly unnormal and once we kind of recognized that i mean we make a lot of mistakes obviously especially in the beginning but um that was part of the growing pains was trying to understand what people needed to be taken care of because like you said where it's not your baby it's not your invention or your thing um it doesn't mean you don't care about it It just means that you don't have it that high regard in the same way mm-hmm. and i think that frustrated us in the beginning it's like dude why don't you care as much yeah. or you know and it's like oh wait a sec but do you care right now bro like where you're at you know you're kind of in that boat where it's like now you're just going to work and getting your paycheck and you care about the people there, you care about the job, but you yeah. know, you're not the CEO at that place. You know? Yeah. It's definitely it's different. a different feeling because I basically zero to sixty went from being like business owner to the basically the lowest position that you could have at the job that I'm at and making no calls, just doing what I'm told to do and, and trying to do it right. But um I will say that the biggest thing that keeps me motivated and everyone there probably is that is your captain. So, um, you know, the book, uh, Moby Dick, it's all about like the captain and his personality and how he like just his presence, um, on the ship was something that motivated the sailors and, and things like that. And even when he made risky, dumb decisions, um, they had such reverence for like his experience and things like that. And I will say that at the the job that I'm working in the daytime right now, um, it is about when you see the captain on the floor. And, you know, uh, like when he walks through the ship, the ship, <laughs> the shop, everybody kind of like... Metaphorical ship. Yeah. Everybody kind of straightens up and, um, you know, it just tries to work a little harder because he's the kind of guy that always comes to work with a good attitude and tries to keep morale high. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Jake, for you guys that we play with, um, a lot of times, especially with you, because we're not living in the same place, uh, you're our first string. But what that means is that a lot of times we're, uh, flying you in mm. like the night before and flying you out the day after if there's yeah a show and and that's asking a lot of a person especially when they have a day job and it's um you know when you get there i think we try to you know there's been times where we picked you up from the airport or whatever and we're at the end of like a 3 week run and right. so you know we like the van is smelling pretty hot (laughs) i don't know if i'd say hot (laughs) and there's that mysterious there's that mysterious bucket that nobody can look in yeah in the van and it's just it's kind of like one of those things though but when you get there uh the same this thing happens for us too it kind of gives us uh it's like we kind of feed off of your freshness Mm. you know like that you've come in and you're just doing this one show it kind of like amps us up in a way and Mm. i think we had a really good time um, last fall with you guys flying you in and doing it was funny because I just remembered a particular show we were just talking about this where we go to pick Jake up at the airport and we're literally just driving with the van you know we got a sprinter van so it's got the big sliding door <laughs> on the side and we wing yeah. it open and Jake comes sprinting out of the airport <laughs> jumps into the van get in, get as in. we're driving throw my bag and, and uh, swan dive into the van <laughs> it's so great i think we tried to film it and uh or jake did from his perspective on his gopro yeah. for yeah. some footage man it was but stuff like that it's like you know at that point of the tour for tyler and i if we've been doing an acoustic run it just we it changes the dynamic just to have 
you know, people come back on board for a bit for full band runs and mm. we're pretty much playing all year. Um, it helps our personalities, like it helps us get along in a different way when we're tired of each other. It's like, oh, Jake's here now. I don't have to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it completely changes. What yeah. is it about guys that when you spend a prolonged amount of time together, you just get a little bit aggressive with each other? What What is that? You guys know, depends what personality type you are, bro. Yeah. I mean, I haven't kidding. felt that way in a long time, but I also haven't spent right. a lot of time with another dude. You know, I haven't had a, I just, a male roommate since my sophomore year of you, college. You so. want one? No. <laughs> no, that's why when I think back to like high school, we would do like a couple of us runners would go to these camps. Um, I remember specifically you went to Colorado Springs and did this uh this running camp at the the Air Force Base and it was super grueling and um we were there for like two weeks and it was my best friend from high school but at like day four we just couldn't stand each other. Yeah. It was like it was like the way the guy brushed his teeth just yep. pissed you off. And I, I I don't I don't know if that's something about guys like we tend to have a competitive nature just naturally. So maybe you when you're stacked up against another guy every day, maybe you kind of start to uh, assess him a little bit or like yeah. in the, in the back of your mind, you're kind of just like monkey chimp thinking like, could I kick his ass? Right. Or, uh, you know, would he take me if we fought? You know, it's, it's a really weird thing. And, but, but on the other side of that, you, you're bonding over this experience, you know, mm. you're doing the same thing, but man, I really, I just really feel like me and Kyle wanted to kill each other back in high school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's that's mostly a function of being in high school too. Yeah. You know, I mean, I felt or that way. Was. I felt that way about people in college <laughs> that I was around a lot, but those were also like high stress situations most of the time. I feel like now yeah. I, it would be hard for me to like be sizing up my friends and like, I mean, this is a thing I used to do. Like, if it if it went south, I would win this. You know, I don't think yeah. I don't think that way <laughs> ever anymore. You know. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things, Jake, that we talked about was, was a few years ago. We said, just because you're strong, doesn't mean you can fight. It's true. And we've seen we've seen some videos where like the little guy just takes out the mm -hmm. or like the overweight bouncer just clocks. Yeah. Some guy that's jacked. You know, I I think that's something too and i think it's primal for us to kind of like assess each other and um kind of puff your chest a little bit you know it's weird yeah. as guys because we do it in front of women and uh and men i feel like that i feel like we do it in front of men more more i've observed yeah, of, a lot more posturing around other dudes than i have yeah. when there's a lot of women around the the peacock thing yeah, yeah. or just uh, just I, like social posturing like I remember one yeah. time uh, my girlfriend and I were at the local watering hole that we go to all the time and uh, we were sitting on the they have a bar outside and um, we were like the youngest people there by at least thirty years like it's it's a pretty um, established neighborhood most of the people that are around here are older but um, these like four older guys were just like competing with each other over this one lady and it was the most cringy thing ever like they were doing the pseudo like nice but also big dick in each other like talking about yeah what'd you guys shoot at the golf course today because they were all fresh off the golf course and, you know just like as if this lady gives a damn about what their short no. game is like or whatever you know but it's it's this weird thing that guys have where they feel like they have to prove it prove themselves around other guys yeah. Like if there's one girl there and more than one guy, they're focused way more on the other guy just, yeah. just to like be better than him. Well, one of the things, um, Chelsea will ride her bike with me when I run sometimes. And she has mentioned to me like at the end of the run that if like a woman goes by on a walk or something, I speed up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's just a natural thing. And she talked about how she does it too. Like when she's yeah. at the gym and, you know, someone walks by, she like 
really kicks it in. And it's, I think it's just kind of this like innate mm. thing where we just feel like we always kind of have to be, well, it's, it's all about, uh, not to get explicit, but it's all about mating, right? Like you, you, your brain just says, oh, there's a female going by. And even if you're not just like drooling and being a simp over her, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're just, you're automatically like doing your very best rep yeah. or something, you know, that, that full pump at the gym. And it's, it's, re- it's really weird, but I think, uh, that that's kind of a thing that what's interesting to me is that the personality tests and things that we take, it never seems like they address, like it never just says, hey, you're a man. Like, let's start here. Yeah. You're like every other guy in most ways. Yeah. But then you differ in these ways. You know, mm. I, it's always kind of a thing where like it feels very like not gentrified. Like the gender isn't specified when you when you take right. this test, right? But but if we go at the end of the day, um, females and males have very different goals when they're interacting with each other, you know? Um, it's painting, I with was a, watching, painting with a broad brush, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we are, are always trying to, um, like you said, Jake, it's weird, you almost puff out your chest a little more when you're around a male competitor. Yeah. Quote unquote, because we're not competing and who gives a damn. Right. Like, just live your life. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. You 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 tend to draw to like one upping that guy. Mm. Even if there's no not a girl around. <laughs> you know? And then if your brothers or your siblings, I feel like you just have that <laughs> built in for your whole entire life. Yeah, I feel you like know. I feel like I would be a vastly different person if I had a brother instead of just one sister. You yeah. you have two brothers, dude. Oh uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we bring it out in you. Maybe Sometimes. growing up, maybe growing up, uh, you know, maybe it was a good thing you had a sister. That, yeah. Or do you feel like do you feel made like, you sweeter? Maybe. <laughs> we did. Ju- <laughs> no, my sister and I did just do a whole podcast about. I told a story where I almost murdered her. So. <laughs> I think I mentioned Sibling that last week, week, but yeah, you guys can if, go if I to could one. count. Yeah, if I could count on uh, two hands the number of times that Tyler and I tried to do that to each other. You know, I I just remembered one time we were in the in the attic. Um, we were trying to film this <laughs> Mission Impossible movie. You know, Jake, you guys were talking about making home videos. Yeah, and uh, we had one of our our friends over. His name's Luke, and. Uh, the three of us were crawling around up in the attic, so the plan was to repel, um, like, out of the attic. Well, we are crawling to the other side of the house to do this, and up in the attic, there's these boards that you're supposed to stay on. Yeah. If you don't stay on the boards, it's not good. So, it's insulation. <laughs> long story short, we're crawling around up there, and uh, Tyler's ahead of us, and he falls off the board, and goes straight through the ceiling, breaks the tile in half, and lands on the couch. It was dark. Mom's on. Mom's in the other end of the house doing something, and so Luke and I look at each other. First reaction is like, "Is he dead?" And Tyler looks up at us, and he's like, "Just like look on his face, like <laughs> what the hell just?" We're we're so, dead. So we get we get everything cleaned up, and we ended up fusing this tile back together. And uh, putting it back in the ceiling, it was like the old popcorn, really, uh, really brittle oh, yeah. that they used to have. The house was built back in like the 1920s before my parents remodeled it. Anyways, so we get it all put back together. She never finds out. Fast forward a few years, they're remodeling the living room. Dad's pulling the tiles out, and this tile just like is already in half, and it just falls <laughs> to the ground. And he's like, he looks at my mom, and he's like. That's strange. And Tyler and I yeah. just kind of look at each other and we're like, we got to tell you guys something. <laughs> yeah. See, at least you like, got away with the patch job. Usually when I broke something yeah. and tried to fix it, my mom or my dad yeah. would walk and be like, did you even yeah. try? Dude, this is like, what? This yeah. is terrible. <laughs> that was a big, like that was a very big indicator of our personalities early on because I, 
tend to be, I think as I've gotten older, I think as you experience things and you gain wisdom, if I've gained any wisdom at all, you, you dial this back. But if you're an emotional person, um, when you're younger, it really benefits you to have a logical person around, even when you're just doing stupid mm. stuff like that. Because, you know, I remember hitting the couch, um, tile like crumbled around me. Um, then this, the, the funny thing, you know, relating to siblings, when our mom is on the phone with her sisters, um, record time was nine hours. Jeez. On the phone with them, you know, because they, they live so far apart. Yeah. And they just all get on the phone at the same time and catch up. It's, it's pretty sweet, mm. actually, just to hear them laugh and have a good time. But uh, they all laugh the same way. But anyway, I just remember hitting the couch, tile crumbled, and looking up at Nick. And Nick's like, you okay? And I was like, we're dead, bro. <laughs> we're dead. I'm you like, know? no, and, we're not. We got this. And he, yeah, like, he immediately goes into like, okay, so what we need to do is me and Luke need to get out of the attic. Yeah. Step one. <laughs> and step one. Come and then you down. just formulate an entire plan and it's like, yeah, it just works. You just figure it out. Yeah. It's crazy. And meanwhile, I'm like picking, <laughs> right, like picking stuff up and, and putting it up. And, and, and that's a weird thing too. Like the way you change from, uh, when you're a kid to an adult, you know, mm. I guess I don't really consider myself an adult now, but, you, I, that's what I'm saying about these tests. And I feel like it's so important for anybody that takes one of those personality tests, like adapt and learn from it and be better. Because I realized after I'd taken several, uh, that I am a really emotional person and I wear my heart on my sleeve, Mm. but what's best for that person is to be able to gain a thick skin. So if I get in an argument or if, uh, you know, I'm going head to head with someone, my first, my reaction even a few years before this would to be, I'm going to punch you, you know, but um, obviously as a person in society, that's not acceptable to just do. Not usually. (laughs) So I learned from that to like, uh, just shut up. And then just let let the confrontation happen, and then move on from it. Mm. It even all the while knowing that I'm an emotional person, and I'll probably be thinking about it later. You know, later in the night or whatever, mm-hmm. working out. I'm like, oh, I should have said this, right? Like that. that son of a bitch. I should have. <laughs> but it helps, and I I always want to be looking at other people's tests to see they w- the way they work, but I give them grace because I know you're going to have days where you just don't act within your personality. You know, that everyone is capable of kind of like, you know, Jake, I feel like me and you have talked about this. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Bill Burr comedy, mm. and he is just wild. You know, he, he, he's talking about like when you're driving on the road, um, these are his words, not mine. You're basically like a 30 degree wheel turn from like mowing people down right. on the sidewalk, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel this way. I think sometimes, um, in my day to day interactions with people, like sometimes I feel like I woke up on edge and I'm just one bad sentence away from somebody from just like blowing up. Right. But but we don't do that, right? Mm-hmm. We we aren't the kind of guys that just we. I don't think any three of us are the first punch thrower. You know, we we'll, we throw the second punch, and so um, I'm always trying to keep myself in check. Especially after last night when I took this test that you guys took, I I read it and I was like, well, I feel very understood, but mm-hmm. I I feel bad for those guys because they have to. They probably are like, oh, really? He's like this. Yeah. How do I work with that? <laughs> now we just have all your secrets. So now we know I how to push your buttons. I trust you both that you can have them. Deal. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> well, that was an hour on the dot. Everybody listening, um, let us know what you thought of this episode about our emotional intelligence. 
and and how the <laughs> how the conversation drifted a little bit. But uh, let us know what you guys think about uh, personality types, um, the tests in general, or um, what you got what personal personality types you guys think we are based on our conversations, so that we can tell you that you're wrong. <laughs> Just kidding. You're you're probably right. I think we're all pretty easy to peg for the most part, but. Um, let us know what you thought Um, hit us up on Instagram be sure to comment rate and subscribe if you haven't already Um, till next time guys see you see you